Welcome everyone to the Game Ball Podcast. I'm your host Tom Schuster. Joining me tonight are Jenny Aquino and Mark Myers. Tonight we'll be discussing our favorite classic PC games, the most recent Nintendo Direct and Sony State of Play, and we'll be reviewing our retro roulette game Diddy Kong Racing for the Nintendo 64. But before we get to all of that, what have you guys been playing? Uh, let's go with Mark this week, because I feel like Mark plays more games than the rest of us. <laughs> uh, so this week, um, I uh, picked up uh, Super Mario 3D World, Bowser's Fury. Um, have not gotten to the Bowser's Fury part yet, but uh, Tom, I blame you. Why didn't you tell me Super Mario 3D World was a good game? Because <laughs> I'm a bad Nintendo gamer, and I've, <laughs> I've had it sitting oh, on my yeah. shelf forever and never played it. Yeah, so... Um, my notorious uh, inability at platformers, notwithstanding, um, I actually made it through three worlds um, with uh, getting all three stars in the stamp. Um, and haven't gone crazy and made sure I got the top of each flag, which I guess is the way to get 100% in that game. Um, but yeah, having a lot of fun with it. It's starting to get a little difficult in World 4 um, in terms of getting all three stars in the stamp. They're hiding them a little bit better. Um, but I still can finish the level, so still having fun with it. It would be a lot more fun with more than one person, I would assume, but also more chaotic. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it's it, it was eye-opening experience because uh, of all the systems that have come out recently, um, I didn't have a Wii U. Right. So I never got to experience um uh, some of the things, like I still have experienced the greatness of the Wind Waker remake. I, I still had to do all the not-quality-for-life stuff from the GameCube version um, for so that you're game. The, you're the target audience for this, then. Yeah, yeah. So I was excited. Um, it was kind of an impulse buy um, because of something we'll talk about later. Um, had happened the same day I purchased this. Uh, but I... Uh, yeah, just just having some fun with it. That that's the main um, game I've been playing a lot of. Um, I don't know if it was if I mentioned it last time, but I bought a bunch of games on the Lunar New Year um, uh, Steam sale and really only been playing um, Anno 1440. Um, the Anno games are interesting, but also very complicated in a way um, that if you mess up one thing. Um, sometimes it's better to just restart, um, if you don't understand one concept. Um, I'm thinking of restarting my town because it took me until I almost bankrupt my town to realize that, um, I should have been sailing to uh, another island they gave me that I got for free, oh. <laughs> um, by finding the Orient. Whoops. Um, so, and I'm going, why can't I, why can't I farm or grow any of this stuff like dates and spices there's like nowhere to do it on this island they give me here i'm supposed to go to the island that i'm given and that so um yeah so thinking of restarting or just seeing if i start mining there and you know trading if it'll just give me like make my uh rich people happy and therefore they'll pay their taxes um so yeah those, those kind of games you, you know i love <laughs> Uh, so playing that, um, for some reason got into some Madden again, just playing some Madden. Um, I, I don't know why, <laughs> uh, but you know, he cooled off NBA 2K a little bit and went to Madden. Um, trying to think what else have I been playing? Um, yeah, I think that's about it. The, the, uh, Call of Duty multiplayer still 
still doing great. Had the most ridiculous gun on the planet. Um, yes, I love it. It got even more ridiculous. I can't wait until you guys see it Wednesday. Oh God. <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, um, uh, I beat Hitman three, but I don't know if that was uh, between before the last podcast or not. I'm just waiting for something to come out really to um, you know, grab my attention for a longer period of time. I'm considering getting Persona Five Strikers, but I'm not sure. Um, Mark, you know, because you have a perfectly good crazy game that you would love sitting in your cabinet right now. Yeah, I know. Chain. <laughs> I <laughs> should really I, try it. I should just start and I should just start an LP on our YouTube channel of games in Mark's Steam library. Yeah. That he has purchased and never played. Um. I, I got plenty of those too. Yeah. I mean, that's really the, that's like the reason this podcast exists yeah. to yeah, get me yeah. to play these games. Yeah. yeah, and and also the uh, now I have Xbox uh, Game Pass Ultimate, so I got games in there now that I'm downloading to never play, like uh, Dragon Quest Eleven. Um, and uh, yeah, so yeah, it, it what I mean is that there there's always a game, one or two games a year. That sort of just grabbed my attention for for an extended period of time. Still waiting for that one. I haven't really looked at the release schedule to see what's coming um, because it's not really till like April, May, maybe maybe something pop popping up in March um, that I'm forgetting that the audience is screaming at me about. But um, yeah, yeah, um, uh, I will keep you updated on my magical world of uh, trying to beat a platformer by myself. <laughs> Um, and let you know how I do that. So, yeah, that's about all I've been playing. All right. Jen, how about you? Uh, so, as usual, pretty much the same things I said I was playing last last podcast. Uh, Dead by Daylight, I just want to say that they did come out with a bug, a bug fix update, and I am much happier again. Um, so I know the last podcast was me tearing Dead by Daylight apart, <laughs> and now I'm coming back a little bit, you know, like, you know, I forgive them, sort of. Um I'm a little frustrated because they're coming out with uh, a new killer and survivor combo and they, they put up a teaser trailer and like, it's the most bullshit teaser trailer. Cause it's literally like a clip of the music in it. And it's supposed to hint at the next killer and survivor, but uh, there's like all these wild theories and I wanted so much more out of this little teaser trailer and I didn't get it. So I'm disappointed, but I'm looking forward to that. Um, yeah, nothing really has changed outside of, of those bug updates though, or the bug fixes. Um, and I'm playing Phasmophobia. I've been soloing it a lot this week. Um, I'm up to, so I, I think I reached level 100 on stream and now I'm up to almost 130 by myself. So that's been fun. I've been uh, a lot braver than I ever have been. <laughs> so there's that. Um, I've also been playing a lot of the mobile game I mentioned last, last podcast, Raid Vikings. Um, I think I said this last time, but a big streamer that I follow had been asking, um, his followers to donate the game with his link because he would get like a kickback from it. Yeah. So I donated it cause he's again, one of my favorite streamers and you know, he deserves the support. Um, and I'm kind of addicted to it now. It started out being kind of overwhelming where there's so much going on on one screen that it's kind of hard to like, remember where all the buttons, like what all the buttons do. Um, but it's pretty good now that I've like leveled up my, leveled up my town and, and everything. Um, the most frustrating thing is you have these people outside of your clan that can attack you. Um, so in our clan, we have like 105 active, pretty much all active members from the stream community. And there's a few people who refuse to put up their peace treaties, which is like a protective barrier around your, around your, um, 
like your, your town or whatever you want to call it. So because of that, other people are coming in and they're attacking those towns over and over and over again. So everyone has to keep trying to like save that person. And it's super annoying, but that's what comes with the territory and playing those kinds of games. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, if anyone is looking for a mobile game, that's actually pretty fun. I would definitely recommend doing that. You definitely don't have to pay to play um, as much as they try to push it on you as most mobile games do. Um, but you can definitely get through it without having to pay real world money, which is nice. Um, and then I've been playing a little bit of Monster Hunter World. I really want to get better at the game before the new one comes out. So that's that's my goal. Um, so yeah, I played it a little bit on stream and then I've been playing a little bit off stream as well. I need to, I think I need to get used to all the different kind of weapons there are and see what fits me the best. Cause right now I'm doing a dual wielded sword type thing, um, which is fun, but I'm wondering if maybe in a bow and arrow or something would be more my speed because that's what I was really good at in horizon, but we'll see. Um, but the game is fun. It's just kind of sad because you're expected to kill these these creatures or these monsters with no backstory or reasoning as to why you're doing it. It's like, hey, go get that monster and kill it and then take its body parts and make yourself some armor. <laughs> so <laughs> Jonathan, um, our friend Jonathan said that I believe the last Monster Hunter game had a bit better of an explanation behind why you're doing it. This one kind of just, you know, it doesn't really, it just kind of puts you into the action, which is fine. Yeah, I mean, oh. that's that's kind of what has kept me from playing Monster Hunter games, yeah. I feel like. I need some sort of story. Yeah. Like even in Destiny they give you a little bit. Right. I yeah. I was I was pretty surprised that there's pretty much no and listen I mean I haven't come across anything significant yet. I know you have like the campaign sort of missions that you can go on and there's really no storyline. Um it's basically like you come to this new world and you're in charge of discovering, you know, what it has to offer and killing the monsters that are there. So unless somebody is listening that has played this game a lot more than I have and knows more i'm pretty sure there's not really much of a storyline but it's cool i mean there's a ton of customization which i can't complain about um a lot of dragon looking creatures and dinosaur looking things which is cool so it's fun it's just not like a game that i'm like hardcore attracted to i guess because of that storyline that's missing yeah like if that was there it would be much better but i still like it and i'm I'm definitely going to get the new one when it comes out I'm excited for what it's going to look like because the graphics in Monster Hunter World are great. I can only imagine the new game yeah. be like incredible. Now, were you going to get it on the Switch or are you going to wait till the PC release? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I really wish it was coming out for PC at the same time. I don't know. I have to maybe I'll catch a few streams um, and see what it looks like. If it's very super similar to World where it's just all action and no story whatsoever, maybe I'll wait. But I don't I really I don't want to I really don't want to get it for the switch. <laughs> I really want to get it for the PC, but I, I guess I'll have to see if it starts looking like I really should be playing this game. Like I'm missing out, then I'll probably get it for the switch. So TBD. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I had thought that you were going to say you uh, weren't sure about this game because you were killing uh, animals, minding their own business. Yeah, yeah, you know? that too makes me sad. I, 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 <laughs> I, I was going to say, well, then uh you probably shouldn't play Shadow of the Colossus. No, is then. that what that is too? Well, that's literally that's the whole game. Yeah. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. But like there's it. there's a reason you have to kill them. It's not like, but they're not attacking you. But there is a reason you have to kill them. Right. Yeah. Um, one funny thing before I move on, <laughs> I was playing Monster Hunter World for the first time ever on stream, 
And there are these cute little frog things that are hopping around. And my cousin Bex came into the stream and he loves frogs. So I was like, look, Bex, this is for you. And I picked up the frog and I didn't know that when you pick up the frog, you like smash it and it like blows up. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) It was so funny. And then he was so upset. I was like, I didn't mean to do that. But yeah, there's a lot of like innocent creature killing. Like there are these like friendly dinosaurs that you just kill. And it's kind of sad. But then there are some not friendly ones, which I get. But the friendly ones, it's kind of sad. It's like it's like killing a cow for no reason. It's not going to do anything to you. I don't know. That's just me being soft. But yeah, so <laughs> that's Monster Hunter World. Jen's <laughs> bleeding heart is, is showing. Yep, my bleeding heart. Um, then I've been playing Warzone, as Mark mentioned, every Wednesday with you guys. And then um, our Retro Roulette game, which we'll talk about later. Yeah, I've been playing all the same stuff. Uh, well, I see, I, I mentioned it on stream, but I, I didn't talk about it here yet. So uh, if you've been listening for the past few weeks, I'm, I am going to try to play through all of the Kingdom Hearts games, which may be a gigantic mistake, <laughs> at least the way I'm doing it. Uh, I have done pretty much all of the story stuff for Kingdom Hearts 1.5 HD Remix, uh, and now I'm trying to get the uh, ultimate... Keyblade, the ultimate weapon. And let I I guess I never did it when I was a kid because I was a kid and I didn't have I didn't have the wherewithal to to want to try to collect all this crap. So in order to get the Ultima weapon, you have to you have to um, synthesize it from the Moogles. The Moogles have to synthesize it. But in order to do that, you have to synthesize every item in the game, which is like forty items. Wow. And to do that, you have to beat certain enemies to get special ingredients but these enemies are rare enemies and don't show up all the time mm-hmm. so you have to r- constantly go into a part of the level and just run in and out of the level over and over and over until they show up and then you have to defeat them correctly and if you don't defeat them correctly you don't get the thing so it's <laughs> been a thing trying to get all of this stuff and i'm debating just beating the game and then going back and doing this stuff because I want to get through all these games and I don't want to get stuck on Kingdom Hearts 1. Yeah, you have so much ahead of you. I got so much left to do and I don't want to get stuck on Kingdom Hearts 1. Yeah, I don't blame you. Uh, but yeah, so that, that's been my week for Kingdom Hearts, but I've been goofing off and playing some racing games. I, I picked up the PC version of Need for Speed Underground 1 and that kind of got me thinking about our topic this week among other things uh so i've been playing that and it's amazing how much better it is on pc than the console versions it's i'm close i'm kind of close uh just for how good it looks and i've been playing forza horizon 4 just because it's an easy thing to turn on and just goof off and get things accomplished in that game like they have all different types of uh things you can do without actually doing a race you can you can do something called the speed challenge where it's a speed you're literally driving as fast as you can past a speed camera and you mm-hmm. get a star rating by how fast you're going through that thing and there's all kinds of other different things around the world that you can do and I just enjoy driving around because it's winter time in the game because the game has four seasons it's winter time in the game so I thought oh that's perfect I'll <laughs> I'll just drive around in the snow in my cars <laughs> since I can't do it here. <laughs> Yeah, a little safer to do it in the game, too. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty much it, minus, you know, all the all the usual stuff, Suikoden, um, Call of Duty, and Diddy Kong. 
Yay. So, <laughs> uh, I guess we can move on to our news. Jen, uh, a whole lot of stuff has happened. Uh, why don't you let us know some of the things? Yeah, so I think, Tom, you already said this, but we're going to go over State of Play and then Nintendo Direct as well. Um, so there's a lot to talk about. We're going to start with State of Play first. Um, so State of Play announced a few kind of big things, I think. Um, one in particular we're going to end on, because I know Tom and Mark are extra excited to talk about that. Um, so in, this is in no particular order, minus the last one, which I purposely put last. Um, so Returnal State of Play is, um, I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say about this. It's a new game. It's pretty much based in space where you play as an astronaut. Um, and she crashes her, crashes her, sh- her ship, wow, on a strange planet. And there are really disturbingly cool looking aliens that it looks like you have to fight. Um, and it's one of those things where when you die, the world changes. So like there's different, bo- uh, different enemies or they're changing where they're spawning in new places and stuff like that. It looks really intense. Tom, I don't think it's probably the kind of game that you would play because it seems like not. Dead Space-ish in yeah. terms of the horror element. But I wanted to ask Mark what he thought about it. Yeah, so I love the fact that um, for some reason uh, the PR people or marketing people just can't use the, ro- the words roguelike. Mm-hmm. They just need to explain it as the world changes and enemies go to different positions every time you die. <laughs> Because I don't want nerds playing this game, Mark. <laughs> game is not for nerds, it's, for cool, cool dudes. It's ridiculous, but it looks really cool. Housemark is really, really a fun studio in terms of uh, all the shooting games they make are, are pretty much on point. Um, there's one game that their one game um, has been installed on my PS4 since I bought it. Um, they had Resogun um, was free to play. Um, right from the launch of the PS4. Um, and I downloaded that and played that a lot um, when I didn't have much to play at launch. Um, so shooting is always on point. That's more of a, you know, bullet hell um, shooter, which this kind of looks like a bullet hell in a 3D world um, mm-hmm. from from the uh, clips I've seen. So it looks like it's right in their wheelhouse. Um, it'll just be interesting to see what, it, it, with every roguelike, it, it's just interesting to see uh, they either have to succeed with a good story or a good concept to keep you playing. Like, I'll, I'll examples. Hades, great story. Makes you want to just keep going back in and in and in and see all the different dialogue and, you know, get to the true ending, you know, and all that stuff. You know, the writing's fantastic. It's a story that keeps you going. The gameplay's great, but this, it's really a story-heavy game. Um, on the flip side, you have a thing like Rogue Legacy, which... All the um, uh, like the regeneration, the reincarnation stuff is always fun and gives you a different challenge. And it's the combat that makes you go back like Rogue Legacy. You get like you become like your son or your offspring or something and you get a different trait each time that, you know, some traits might you have. Uh, what is it like glaucoma or something like they give good names to it. And you're like only can see part of the screen wow. um, because, you know, or you're a giant. You know, so you move slower, but you hit harder or, you know, stuff like that, that those are the two kinds of roguelikes that really succeed mm-hmm. um, either one, you know, so it's going to be interesting to see which way they go with this. I haven't seen a hint. I think it's going to be more story because they yeah. talk about finding the things yep. to upgrade um, as you go deeper. I think you end up in a house at some point. I think I saw in the 
the clip. I think that was this game. Um, but yeah, yeah. Housemark has, has not done anything wrong. So, um, you know, they have that grace period that they can, you know, this game could be boring and I would still look forward to their next game. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see, like you said, when we, when we get more information on it, at least to see what it starts to look like. Um, for me, roguelikes, you kind of said it, like they really have to pull me in because the idea of dying and coming back and dying and coming back gets old for me. But like if, if what was that one game you were just saying? The one where you come back as your like offspring? Rogue Legacy. Yeah, that's really cool. So we'll have to see what they do with this. Um, so there's another game called Saifu, I think is how you would say it. Um, it's going to come for the PS4 and PS5 this year, um, May 21st. And it's going to be backwards compatible for the PS5. Um, so this is a game where you play as a Kung Fu student. It's a third person action game. Um, I thought the animation style and the graphics are very unique, um, very bright colors, a lot of lighting. It looks very pretty. Um, I don't know if I would play this game. It's just not my style of game, but I don't know if you guys had any opinions on that one. Uh, it looks great, but I probably will never play it. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't, you know, I, I have a very specific taste and that it just doesn't fall in. Yeah. 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 I, I believe in time. You can look this up while, while I go on my, my rants here, but um, I believe this is a studio that did Absolver um, like a year or two ago. And what I remember from that game is that the combat is really well done. Um, so the focus of this game, um, you know, should be good. I'm not, that's going to be the one part that I'm not worried about. Um, so, but the interesting thing I heard about this game, listening to some reaction, uh, you know, from journalists that got a little more like the PR, mm-hmm. you know, marketing materials is that you actually follow the character from being a student all the way to being a master. Um, and, um, couldn't tell if that meant that it's like a linear story sort of thing, or if it's one of those things that, you know, every time you die, you wake up at the next level or something like that. Yeah. But it's definitely one. I don't think you create a character. I think that's what they were trying to show when he gets like knocked out or died and he wakes up with a beard. Yeah, it's just progression. Uh, you know, yeah, that that you do progress. Um, it might be a rogue like thing more than a, a it might be a rogue light more than a rogue like. <laughs> there are two different categories. Yeah, maybe that's why they um, avoid using those yeah. terms. <laughs> um, but mainly because I don't think it has the procedurally generated world. That's the main difference. Um, so so they're they're saying they said in the press release, um, death defiance comes at a cost. You'll age significantly every time you come back to life. Time yeah. is the price you'll pay for your revenge. Yeah. So you'll be older and slower and not as not as strong, it's what it seemed like. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So, so um but the it was the indie dev is slow clap and they put they recently put out Absolver twenty seventeen. Yep. Yeah, yeah, Absolver is a good game. I didn't play much of it because um, that was the time when I was trying to um, basically try to play as much as possible. Um, you know, so I would spend a couple hours here and there. I think that's how I found 2017 would be Oxenfree. That sounds about right. I think, um, you know, that's how I found Oxenfree because I found it at the end of the year as I was just going through all the small cheap games um, that were on sale and stuff. Um, but yeah, the the one thing I know for sure for anybody listening out there is just from uh, the just from my experience uh, time with Absolver, I I don't think the combat's going to be a problem here. 
it's just going to be is the story and the concept any good mm-hmm. um with the age with your it, it i love the concept of your life is the penalty you yeah. know you you know that that's pretty cool um and it makes the game replayable to see how far you can get at certain ages as you get better at the game but we'll see when it comes out yeah um so moving on uh solar ash was announced this one is a very colorful game. I think it's like a borderline trippy style game. Um, it's a 3D platformer. Uh, a lot of bright colors going on. Uh, it's set inside of a, or the setting is a black hole called the Ultra Void. And you play as Ray, who is trying to save her home world from the black hole. Um, so when you're playing as her, you can do all sorts of cool things. Um, a lot of parkour. You can fly, you can glide, you can climb on the, everything pretty much. Um, it looks like you're going to be battling a bunch of monsters and the devs did mention they wanted it to be overall have a very fluid, um, a fluidity to it. So the game is constantly, constantly progressing. So you're not going to be staying in, in one spot for very long, which is interesting. Um, and they haven't come out with a solid release date yet. They just said it's coming out for the PS4 and PS5 later this year. So probably, you know, way later, I'm imagining, um, but yeah, it looks it's unique. <laughs> I'll give it that much. It, it's very interesting. I kind of like the idea of the of the quicker progressing style gameplay. But I probably would not be going for this one either, unless I heard really great things about it. Yeah, I'm with you. Yes. Again, it, I'm a, it, there was only a couple of things I saw at State of Play that I was like, ooh. Yeah. Yes. A lot of yes, like so. outside the box type games. Yeah. So Solar Ash is made by the guys I believe made Hyper Light Drifter um from 2017 or 18 or something like that um so the game's going to be visually stunning um 100 yeah. because that that hyper light drifter was amazing to look at um while playing um don't have much of a memory of it from when i played it in terms of the if the gameplay you know it didn't grab me mm-hmm. um as much in terms of the actual physical playing of the game um i just remember the just being wowed by by the art design so um, I wouldn't be shocked if this looks even prettier with more experience and a better, um, especially on the PS5. Uh, so it'll be interesting. It'll be one of those games that you will definitely, whenever it comes out, will end up on a lot of top 10 lists. Um, just because a lot of um, those sites and people um, sort of get sucked into a game that that kind of, um, you know, they remember because of the look yeah. of it. Yeah. So. Um, as long as it's not a terrible game, like broken or, you know, boring, um, it'll definitely be a game that should be one that people do remember. Yeah. Um, so this next game, I know Tom's going to get as soon as it comes out. Oh. And that's the uh, Five Nights at Freddy's security oh, breach yes. game, <laughs> which is funny because people have been telling me to play Five Nights at Freddy on stream, uh, Freddy's on stream. And here it is. The newest, the newest game from the from the franchise. I was actually really surprised to see this. Um, it's it's very teaser trailer esque. If you guys want to check it out, if you haven't already, basically the core of the game is still there. You're a security guard for um, what they're calling Mega Pizza Plex, which is basically a neon lit, super futuristic Chuck E. Cheese. Um, Allegedly. Yeah, and there's some <laughs> there's some cool gameplay shots in it. It seems like there's a pretty um, a pretty well thought out storyline behind it. But again, they're only teasing what's going on. It sounds like there might be two characters involved. Um, and you see a bunch of the, the, the monsters, whatever you call them, like the mechanical creepy things that chase you around. Um, 
For some reason in the trailer, they don't look as creepy as they did on the on in the game, like the original game. I don't know why that is. Maybe because it's starting the graphics are starting to get too good and it seems less creepy to me. We'll have to see how I feel about it. I don't know if I'll get it. This is definitely a game where I would totally get it if it is well received and and I catch it on stream and it seems really fun. But I'm kind of kind of burnt out on the whole Five Nights at Freddy's thing. I don't know, maybe I'm um in the minority on that, but I was well, just surprised to see it in general. Maybe this is the game you need to get get back into it. Maybe, except it's only for the PS5, I think. Really? This is I, like, that game was built on the PC. I'm surprised it's not yeah. coming out for, on that first. From what I from what I was seeing and reading, it's it seems like it's only coming out for the PS5. Whether or not they change that or if that's inaccurate, I don't know. But what I've seen is only PS5. Maybe it's a timed exclusive. Yeah. Yeah, the... Uh... Yeah, the thing with this is everything I saw uh, makes me think they're slightly going away from what makes Five Nights at Freddy's great. Yeah. Um, is to just static cameras and going back and forth and just that building anticipation. Right. Um, of, 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 you know, going camera to camera and going back and one of the animatronics not being there anymore. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it, the whole the whole concept was great, you know, being basically a ripoff of... Uh, you know, Charles Entertainment Cheese's places. Yep. Um, and <laughs> it's just, I, I this is one of those games that as you improve it more or try to change too much of it is, is not going to make it as good. Right. Um, you know, the, I, I think the whole aesthetic of the, of the, of the tenseness of the static cameras is what makes the game great. Yeah. Now, I don't know if you could keep making sequels of those, you know, the, the developer may need to, branch out and find another game maybe if this game came out and was like um a different branding than five nights at freddy's you know maybe yeah. it, it could be um you know not as on the fence and is for me but the fact that they put it on there that and i already know the other at least three of the four games are really good mm-hmm. um yeah it's just one of those that it might just be a game they shouldn't have branded with the 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 Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah. Uh, I don't my, a Bioshock vibe. My thought with this, if if it's a two-player thing, like maybe it's co-op. Like maybe. maybe. Maybe you have to switch between characters and it, you add something, something that way. So maybe. who knows? It could be could be interesting. It might yeah. not be. I hope that I'm pleasantly surprised by it. That would be nice. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Um. So then there's Oddworld Soulstorm. Um, he plays an alien who is the unlikely leader of a rebellion for his people um, against an evil alien race. It's a very cinematic style platformer um, with the devs intention was to fully immerse you in the game. So you didn't feel like you were playing just any old typical platformer. It kind of reminds me if anyone has played Little Nightmares, that style. Where well, is, it, um, is this an Abe game? Is Abe the main character? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So... I think it, it it's definitely not my style of game, but it, it definitely has very impressive graphics. And I do, I'm starting to warm up to that that style of game, the, the cinematic platform type game. Um, like I said, Little Nightmares kind of drew me in. I just recently saw someone stream it and it looks very good and I'm probably going to start playing it myself. Um, so it's interesting to see that this game seems to resemble that kind of game style. Um, but yeah, I, w- I would not be playing this most likely. I'm not really excited about it. Yeah, yeah platformer, it's got to be a really good platformer for me to even think about it these days. 
Right. Basically, the only platformers I play at this point are Mario. I know it sounds terrible, but that's really, <laughs> at this point, that's what I've come to. Yeah, and it's a, it's amazing thinking that um, how long I've seen, uh, you know, Learn Landing out there, you know, talking about this game. I think it's five, six years since it got announced at Maybe. E3, um, something like that. Um, I just wanted to come out at this point. You know, not, you know, the Abe's Odyssey game's not big in my nostalgia dump, but, you know, just for his sake, <laughs> let's let's release it, man. You know, just <laughs> I know. Let, let it move on. It's, it's like getting to a Sakurai point where it's just like, let the man have a family. <laughs> you know. I know. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, then there was Kina Bridge of Spirits. Um, really not much, uh, this was already announced, obviously, but they came out with new gameplay in the trailer and more story details. Also announced that you can buy a deluxe edition now or when pre-ordering instead of just the standard. And it comes with some bonuses like skins and stuff like that. Um, this is a game that I'm watching very closely because this can either be, I don't want to play it because it feels like I'm playing a Disney movie, or this could be... I would like to play it because it feels like I'm playing a Disney movie. <laughs> so yeah, I kind of I, I'm very interested in this game. Yep. I, I keep hearing it compared to a Pixar movie, a playable yeah. Pixar movie. So that's, that's what it looks like. Yeah. I just I, feel that there needs to be one more E in her name Tina. for it to be pronounced correctly. Like, yeah. Because or Kenna. Yeah, it's Kenna. Yeah. But wait, how did I say it originally? You said it right. I did. Okay. I was like, wait, how did I say yeah, it? You're good. But the way okay, it's right. written, it, it yeah looks like Kenna. For sure. You know, but that's uh, that's our uh, that's our main gripe with it at this point was that they really should have put an extra me in the name. If you watch any of the trail stream, you know, my, uh, you know, pet peeve about names. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, that name it, that game is just so inconsistent with names. It, sorry. Tangent. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's like one guy's name, Sammy, and then the next guy's name, like, Balthorn. <laughs> and I'm just like, what? That's called name generator. <laughs> yeah. It's just like. Yeah, so true. anyway, that that's just a that's just a pet peeve of mine names. Um <laughs> if you listen to Stranger Damies, you see that I try to either have fun with it or be creative. Yeah. Um but yeah, this definitely looks like a game that um wouldn't necessarily be a system seller because I believe it's exclusive PS five. Um It says both con oh no, I'm sorry. You might be right. Just kidding, I think uh, you're right. Because it looks like a game that would show off what the PS five can do. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of, of graphics, um, without people actually realizing that it's showing off how much it can do. Um, so it is definitely one to watch. Um, I don't think it's going to be one of those ones that sneaks up on my game of the year or anything like that. Um, but yeah. Take notes, everybody. So when it becomes this game of the year, oh, well. we can play this clip. <laughs> That'd be great. Unless it makes me cry. It makes me cry. It yes. might. It might. You never know. You never know. Um, then there's Deathloop. Uh, you play as a character named Colt who is trapped in a time loop where he can only remember his very recent past as he has amnesia. Um, you travel around an island called Black Reef, which is just fully chaotic and lots of fighting and stuff like that. Um, the trailer was a little vague. It kind of looks like somebody might be controlling him a little bit or, or controlling his memory loss. I'm not quite sure. Um, it has very unique music from what it sounds like. As well, very like a uh, kind of like James Bondish type music. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna make some people mad right now and say that Deathloop looks stupid. Oh, I 100% agree with you. I just don't I don't like it. It just looks so dumb. 
Yeah. It's, it's a one-on-one shooter. It just, like, makes no sense. Like, we... Well, we yeah. What? So, um, I'm not sure how much you guys have... This first trailer didn't really explain uh, much of the game. I don't know how much you guys have seen the other trailers and coverage of this. Well, but the that's point the, is, I, well, that, that's the point though. Is this trailer supposed to like tell you more? And it didn't tell you anything. Yeah. This so dumb. It, it, they're assuming you've seen the other stuff. Um, well, they should. They should yeah. not. They should not the, assume anything like that. The uh, uh, the the main character that that you see in this trailer. Um, the point of the game is that he's supposed to assassinate ten people before the end of a certain time frame. Um, and then the other person is trying to stop him from doing that. But, you know, they but they're in a death loop. Every time they die, they come back and gotta start it all over again. Right. Um, either the 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 female assassin has to comes back and has to stop him, um, or the um you know, the, the the male assassin has to restart all over from zero. Um, I think it's going to be some, like, uh, multiplayer, you know, for that fact. But if you play single player, I guess if you kill the other assassin, it just comes back randomly at some point. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how they're going to work that for like single the, player. The premise in single player mode just makes no sense. But, yeah. like, multiplayer, I can see it being interesting. But yeah. single player, just, I don't yeah, know. it's 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 one of the games I I've been really keeping my eye on because I just <laughs> I just like that I just I I really like the look of it because it's yeah uh, I love very stylish games and and this game looks very 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 stylish and okay, I will there. absolutely give it that it looks very stylish but yeah at the same and, time I'm like I just I don't don't get it I mean, and it's essentially, it's, essentially it looks like a uh a, a like a uh, it's got that dishonored vibe to it, which which I believe is the same developer or some kind of connection to that. Um, you know, and if it's a very obvious connection that I'm missing, I apologize. Uh, but yeah, it, it I think that's what's really making me look forward to it is because those games are really good at the first person shooter, you know, um, yeah, you know, sneaking around stuff. So I'm looking forward to this. I, I will be the the outlier in, yes. in this podcast for this game. <laughs> I'm sorry that we ripped it apart before we asked you your opinion. Oh, don't worry. <laughs> there's there's going to be a moment for me in this podcast. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that brings me to my final point on State of Play, and that is that we are getting a Final Fantasy VII remake for the PS5 on June 10th, which is not that far out. So, Tom and Mark, would you guys like to handle yeah. this one? Jen, yeah. before we go, yes. did you write down the full name of the new game? I did not. Okay. I apologize, but you can go ahead and uh, go ahead. Give it Tom, hang on. I need to. I need to like look at it just to make sure <laughs> I'm saying it's Final I, Fantasy VII Remake Integrade. Oh, Integrade Inter- was part Integrade, of Integrade, right? So it's basically what's happening with Yuffie while all of the events of Final Fantasy VII Remake are happening. So it's kind of like. Um, trying to think of another game that did this well kingdom hearts 3 did this so kingdom hearts 3 put out a dlc where you go through the events of the end of fine of kingdom hearts 3 while other things are happening so it, it's a whole weird so Resident Evil 3 does the same thing right so this you'll only be playing as yuffie and it's i don't know how long it is they haven't really given a whole lot of details about it but you'll only be playing as yuffie with um another character in backup of you so it looks great. The fact that it's only for PS5, though, is kind of strange to me. They really should have made it 
available for both. I do like the fact that you will be able to upgrade your PS4 version of Final Fantasy VII Remake to PS5 free. That's awesome. And for all of those people who still have not played Final Fantasy VII Remake, if you have PlayStation Plus, next month it's free. So please uh, uninstall Call of Duty War- Modern Warfare and download this, because I think you'll have better time. Yeah, and I believe from what I could tell, uh, I think this whole episode is going to take place around like chapter eight or nine of remake, which is yeah. when um, right before the, the tower falls and um, it's, it's after you've blown up the reactor. Yeah. 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 After you, after you find um, Aerith um, yeah. for the first time. So um, I, I, there's so many things that this could close the gap on. And I have a feeling, and Tom, you're more into the kingdom hearts world than I am. This feels a lot like it could be like 2.8 um, in that it will tie up a bunch of some things, but also lead you into the next game. Um, yeah. yeah, so it feels 2.8-ish, and it also feels like that the Remind DLC put into one. At least to me, that's what it feels like. Um just because it, it's new stuff that you haven't seen yet, and it's also tying up stuff that you've already seen. Yeah, um, and it's it's great to see Yuffie um, out there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's also interesting because Yuffie, generally, you can get her almost immediately after you leave Midgar. It's just really hard. So I like the fact that they're showing Yuffie already, so she's going to be integrated well, into the game. <laughs> yeah. The, um, the, the, as much as they mentioned Wu Tai in the first game, I knew she was going to be the first character they were going to come out with of the of the non core group. Um, but it, it just opens up a bunch of theories. I mentioned it on stream on the on the trail stream um, that I think it's going to end up to be that Wu Tai or maybe Yuffie in particular is the reason why Biggs is in that bed at the end, you know, and you know stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a year old game. I don't care about spoilers at this point. Um, and, you know, it, it, it they're going to tie that up um, or lead into, you know, something with that. And apparently never played the game, but apparently the weird, uh, you know, uh, pinkish white ice hair guy at the end is like from Dirge of Cerberus, yeah. which is that really terrible PS2 shooter. Uh, ter- terrible is debatable. It's not. Uh, it's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Mark, you might piss some death. people off with that. Dirge <laughs> of Cerberus has its fans. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's it, if you like Vincent, it's awesome. I will. Well, I'm going to piss a lot of people off in about 20 minutes. Oh, uh, but better start here then. Um, Warm them up. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. But I'm just saying, it's like. It's got that very Kingdom Heart-ish quality, this remake. Oh, yeah. Uh, it because like. it's just tying everything together. And it brings, if you want to, uh, you probably have more of the information in front of you, Tom. But the the thing they're doing on the phone is just ridiculous. And I don't know how they're going to do it. Um, right. So, let me, all right. So, let's in, integrate. That's fine. We're, we're done with that. We're going to talk about Ever Crisis. Uh, which well, there's two there's two uh, phone games coming out, two mobile games. One is Final Fantasy VII: The First Soldier, 
And I'm just going to quickly go over that because it's a battle royale on mobile. Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy VII Battle Royale. <laughs> yeah, it's a battle royale on the phone on your phone. I don't understand. I don't get it. Um, and you're using guns, and it's just weird. It doesn't make any sense in the Final Fantasy VII universe. I'm sure someone will yell at me and tell me it makes sense, but to me, <laughs> they're Cerberus man had guns. Right, but uh, again. He's the only guy who uses guns in the whole <laughs> thing. So, also, they, they're they coming out with Ever Crisis Final Fantasy VII, which appears to be a chapter-structured single-player game that covers the whole of Final Fantasy VII, from before Crisis, which is also a phone game, all the way to past Dirge of Cerberus. So, it's it seems like it's going to give you the whole story in one go, on a phone game. I have no clue is, how this is going to work. Is Dirge of Cerberus after Advent Children? Um, yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. So it's, so this is, this game's going to do before, it's going to be before Crisis, Crisis Core, Final Fantasy VII, Advent Children, Dirge of Cerberus. I think, I think that's the order. Dirge of Cerberus and Advent Children might be switched, but I'm pretty sure that's it's, the way. They're, they're around the same time in, uh, in this thing. So yeah. you're going to get to play through all of those timelines in the same game. So something that was weird to me, it's and it seemed like this was the remake before the remake. They decided to do remake. Like, it okay. seems like, oh, this was the upscale that everybody was just looking for. And they were going to put it out on phones or whatever and the PS4 and just call it a day. But it seems like they decided, oh, we're just going to remake the whole game and they, they, this was just set aside. So at least to me, that's what it seems like. Yeah, because it is weird. It is weird that it's all coming out. I don't know. That's, that was my big takeaway. It's cool, but it's also strange that so many things are coming out with Final Fantasy VII now. Yeah. Now, now, Jen, since it's a phone game, are you going to purchase <laughs> it? And is this how you're going to digest all of Final Fantasy VII? Potentially. I think, do, you, do we know how much it's going to cost yet for the phone? I would guess it's going to be like 20 bucks. That's just yeah. a guess. I don't know. They haven't said yet. And it's not it's not coming out anytime soon. It's not coming out till next year. Right. So a lot more stuff could come out. For sure. Yeah. I mean, if this happens to be one of the only things out at that time and I hear good things about it, I probably would get it. But paying $20 for a phone game is really steep for me. I mean, I can always play it on my iPad, which is better than playing it on my phone, but... I don't know. I would I would much rather play the the remake that came out on the PS4 mm-hmm. than play a phone game for twenty dollars. But I, I will have to see. I guess when it gets closer. Yeah, it it should be interesting. Um, and just being a Final Fantasy nerd, I may have to get it just because. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Again, I don't know. I hope they give us a little more because the battle system looks like turn based. A turn-based battle system, um, but it's also got really high-res graphics, which was the other confusing thing to me, because I figured, oh, they'll just do OG graphics or whatever for, for the battle system. But it looks like Final Fantasy VII Remake graphics for the battle system. Right. Again, we'll have to see how this, how it, <laughs> how it works, because they didn't, re- they, they didn't, the stuff they showed was like, they took the chibi uh, characters and ups, up-res them in the like the overworld, and then they just stuck the Final Fantasy VII remake battle system. It's, I don't know. We'll see. 
because uh, before Crisis and Crisis Core are totally different play styles and Dirge of Cerberus than Final Fantasy VII. So we'll see what happens. Right. So I, I, I don't know if they're going to try to blend it all together or if they're just going to, you know, make them all separate and make it work. I don't. That's the other problem. I don't know how they're going to make it work on a phone. All right, that's enough of me ranting. Um, <laughs> Jen, I guess you you want to. Is there anything before we get to Mark ranting? Um, I guess I'll just quickly go through Nintendo Direct, and then we'll end that on the big announcement for for you guys. And quote, then quote, big announcement. Yeah, the quote unquote big announcement, and then um, we can hear Mark's feelings on it, and then we'll move on from there. Okay. Um. So Nintendo Direct announced a shit ton of stuff, like a lot. So what I did was I took some of the bigger stuff, uh, and then I will quickly mention some really minor stuff. Well, not really minor, but more moder- minor, and then we'll um, end it with the the big news, I guess. Yeah, I mean, we don't um, have to go through everything. No, I only added a few things, and I could very quickly, like, list um, Xenoblade, Xenoblade Chronicle 2's Pyra and Mithra are coming to Super Smash in March. Can, can I say one thing about yeah. Smash, though? Go ahead. <laughs> when did it become okay for everybody to just call it Smash, even the characters? I mean, um, it's, children call it yeah. that. That's Mark, why. they've been calling it Smash since, like, Brawl. Yeah, but you, you know how Nintendo is, Tom. I know, but they got to make it cool for the kids, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I don't really have a problem with it. Just It was the first time I noticed, I was like, are they calling it Smash? Like, it seems like Sakurai would be like, no, it's Smash Brothers. Mm-hmm. That's what it says. <laughs> but I, I got to admit that that trailer was a good fake out. Um, I knew it went on too long for it to be another Xenoblade thing, but having it be Smash was kind of kind of nice. So yeah. go on. Um, uh, let's see. Splatoon three is coming to the Switch. Oh, only in 2022. That's real soon. Uh, Mario Gold Super Rush is coming to Switch June 25th of this year. Um. We have a new game called Perfect Triangle Strategy, which is 2022 as well. It's a new game by Square Enix, so maybe you guys would like this. It's an HD 2D series. Um, It is a successor to Octopath Traveler. You played that, right, Mark? Yeah. It's not a sequel. It's a successor, according to Dev. They they took Octopath and Final Fantasy Tactics and stuck them together. Yes. Right. It is a very tactics game. So there's a demo out if anyone wants to try it. Get free. Um, Star Wars Hunters is a free-to-play squad-based online multiplayer game that was announced, it says sometime 2021, so probably later this year. And then my personal favorite, Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout, <laughs> arrives this summer. <laughs> Woo-hoo. How, I guess it was exclusive to PlayStation, yeah. because my first thought when I saw this was, it's not already on Switch? I know, that's what I did too. I'm like, wait, what? Oh yeah, what it, was a, it, was it was a PS4-only game. And then all yeah. of a sudden they were like, oh, we're going to put it out on everything now. Yeah, yeah and I, it came to Steam. And, yeah, yeah, I got it when it was free on PS Plus. Yeah, yeah me too. Yep. So uh, Super Mario is also coming to Animal Crossing New Horizons. Um, I guess you can get outfits and stuff that are Mario themed. Um, Outer Wilds is coming to the Switch in 2021. Um, they showed a new Monster Hunter Rise trailer, which is coming out this March, the end of March. Apex Legend is coming to the Switch. Um, Pokemon is coming out with Diamond and Pearl remakes called Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl for late this year. And I set this one in for Mark. Hades, the physical edition, is coming out March 19th. Will oh, you be purchasing it? Most likely. Okay. Because it comes with an art book. Oh, oh that's there it cool. is. That's all Mark needs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not usually an art book guy, 
but all of those all of those guys are super hot. <laughs> so you know, need and to have I, I fully side. expect to see some characters from that game show up in our D and D. Well, they could because mm-hmm. theoretically they use a lot of mythology people in D and D. Yeah. But the one thing that you did miss out on the new Mario Golf. Oh right? yeah, I saw that, that. That's the or was that with the Mario Gold Super, Super Gold Rush? Rush. Mario okay. Gold Super Rush. I probably said that backwards because I just okay. did it again. Because it's got it's, it's part of Mario Golf. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. All right. Um. So now our our big announcement that literally made Mark have a, a meltdown. Um, <laughs> they have announced. I'll say it, and then you can go in on it, Mark. Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD has been announced for the Nintendo Switch. It is coming out this year on July 16th. And you can also purchase a Skyward Sword themed Joy-Con pack at the same time. Have at it, Mark. <laughs> so why fucking Skyward Sword? <laughs> there are at least half a dozen Zelda games that have not been put on Switch um, or even remastered or remake that should be ahead of Skyward Sword. You know, you have the Oracle series. You have, you have, I don't want to curse too much. You have... You have Spirit Tracks, which is terrible, but I would rather play that than Skyward Sword. There is a reason why this is the one game that outside of speedruns that I see, nobody talks about. I mean, I mean, Groose, the guy that's in the game, was great in a, a, a video game championship wrestling. Um, so I guess that's where it got something from. But the motion controls were terrible. They're going to keep those, but you can also do it on a stick. Um, you know, buttons and the game, it's the only Zelda game that I literally just like not rage quit, not, you know, anything. I literally got bored and just stopped playing it. I bought it before I even had a Wii. So because I am obsessed with Zelda, if you haven't noticed anything about my backgrounds or anything I really talk about on stream um, here, but it. It, it tells you that nobody wanted this. And I hate doing twi- Twitter trends. But the fact that every other game that has come out in the last 25 years for Zelda was trending on Twitter and not Skyward Sword. <laughs> Should tell you something. Yes. Yeah. The only way they can make it up, not that they make it up to me, like <laughs> Papa Nintendo make it up to me, is they have to bring the Twilight Princess and Wind Waker HDs in the fall for the 35th anniversary to Switch. Like, they have to. They It can't just be Skyward Sword. Uh, you know, I mean, even give me something that's as shitty as that Super Mario 3D All-Stars thing. You well, know? That's, that's my thought, is that that's coming, and that, yeah. that, will, that will make everybody feel better because they're going to put Ocarina, Master Quest, and... Majora's Mask yes. in in this thing. Yes, G- give me that. Uh, you know, and you know, it, there it, there's like three levels of Zelda games, and Skyward Sword is its own level at the bottom. <laughs> like no one else resides in that level. Sky, um. Sky, it's just it was such a gimmick. I I really hate Zelda games that are gimmick concepts. Well, I mean that's but, the, that's the that one and what what was um. What was the GBA? Spear Tracks, right? No, it was, a, it was, oh, shit. Four Swords Adventure? Yeah. Yeah, Four Swords it. Adventure. That's fine. Four, Four Swords Adventure. Put that out before Skyward Sword. <laughs> that, you know, multiplayer's great. It's a Switch. 
you know, Nintendo's Nintendo Online. Hey, why don't you celebrate your cheap online system, Nintendo? <laughs> it's there's it's just a Skyward Sword. They were trying to do the whole Wii Motion Plus thing. And yes, one of my Wii Motes is the gold one you got for buying Skyward Sword. Um, because I did buy I did buy that edition. Um, because I was naive once. Um I still love that Wiimote, by the way, but it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> the It's just, Skyward Sword is the one that, like, nobody talks about. I think that's my big thing. Like, even Link's Awakening, which didn't have much of a, like, in the zeitgeist of Zelda, but people still went, you know what, that, that Game Boy game was pretty good, you know? I mean, yeah, I, it, I also wonder how much is nostalgia, and just because it's a Wii game is why no one has nostalgia for it, because... Nobody gave a shit about Wii games. Yeah, it, 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 I'm 100% telling you, it's it's the concept and controls is why no one talks about it. Right. The only time, ball. you know, yeah. because needing to swing the sword, you know, with, with the Wiimote, um, needing to nunchuck the block, and then actually flapping the wings of the bird with the with the Wiimote um, is another thing. Uh, from what I remember, I think it's the weakest Zelda in terms of the character Zelda in the games. Um, if they don't bring Wing Waker up and the best example of Zelda in any of the games, I will be mad for the 35th anniversary. Um, Mark, it's coming. I'm telling you, it's coming. God damn it. It better come. <laughs> it better not be Skyward Sword. Maybe they're coming out with this to prepare you even more for that. God, it better come in the fall. Because it, it's just... Yeah, it, that's the one thing. It's it sounds like it's a, a Namor, Namor, right? I'm not just the Zelda I mean, guy. I'm blanking. Is, I'm, I mean, what? Uh, uh, Miyamoto's is a Zelda guy. No, it's the other guy that was on the direct. I, I'm blanking on his name because I'm angry. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know, it because I think like he was he was behind that game, Skyward Sword. So it just feels like it's like let me get mine in there. You know, you know, everybody, we haven't done this yet. Maybe people will like it, you know, now that it's off the Wii. You know, it's it's just, that's my rant. I don't want to take up too much time, but it's just, <laughs> I love this series so much. And there are literally, like I said, a half dozen games um, that you could do, um, even excluding Wind Waker and Twilight Princess. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, you, you, you know, you have Ocarina and Majora, you have. Hell, you have Zelda 2 that they never done anything really with. Um, that would be better. You know, you have the Oracle games. You have, yeah, it's just, it's just that they picked Skyward Sword. It just felt like this would be the easiest one to do. And I don't know. Maybe they thought it would quell the tide for Breath of the Wild 2 news, which I will think is coming next March. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that's when they're going to, I think they're going to announce the new hardware coming out next March and they'll just coincide with that. That is just an early, Mark, hot take thought on that. Right <laughs> hot take. But um, Switch, Switch Pro coming. Switch Pro coming 2020. Yeah, in in March with Breath of the Wild 2. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's I. If you didn't notice, Skyward Sword's my least favorite game um, of the Zelda series. Um, and that's and I will even put it below Spirit Tracks without having played Spirit Tracks in about since it first came out. So yeah. <laughs> We'll leave it there. Can I, can I just add one thing that possibly could make you more mad? And you probably already know about this. 
Um, in 2011, when the game came out for the Wii, the game, the controller, and the soundtrack were 69.99. I know, I have it. Uh, now <laughs> you get just the game for 59.99, and the controllers are an extra 70 bucks. <laughs> well, no, that that doesn't make me mad because that's Nintendo. Well, yeah, they, you, I mean, it's it's still it's like if you it, being pissed at that outside of yeah, you should be pissed at that because they they did all that. It, it's just a totally different era. You know, in the sense that, you know, when that Skyward Sword bundle came out, um, you know, they were still in the honeymoon of the Wii and all that, um, you know, period where the company really didn't make much money. Everything was going this way from the Super Nintendo on Mm -hmm. until the Wii shot it back up. Um, So they were like, oh, we don't want to piss too. Okay, they're. Yeah, we'll throw this together. Now they're just like, fuck it. We put. We gave them Super Mario 64 on the Switch, and we did nothing to it, and they bought it. Yep. Yeah, we you did. <laughs> yeah, we did. We sure did. The sure second did. it came out, we grabbed it like so, it was nothing. I bought it. I'm guilty of it because I bought it too. But you know, they're at that point where Nintendo's kind of like, yeah, we can do whatever we want. Yeah. Uh huh. That's yeah. why every game is full price forever, or like 10 percent off. And that's yeah, they never. Much. They've only started doing that from the Wii U forward, to be honest. I don't know if it's changed philosophy, because I got my I got my Wii late in the Wii with a game for like a hundred and twenty five or hundred and fifty dollars. Wow. Which they wouldn't do that. The Wii U's never been below two hundred, right. from what I've seen, um, for a system that never didn't sell. It's weird, but um, yeah, yeah. So just now, I would love to say I'll give it another shot, but no, it's. I'll wait for the better games to come out. <laughs> Slash rant over. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We made it. We did it, fam. We, we <laughs> made it. Let's move on to, to some happier times. Um, so something else that got announced this week is that Diablo 2 is getting a remaster. And that got me thinking, man, there's a lot of old classic PC games that I really enjoyed. And, and Diablo 2 was one of them. Uh, what other games... Do we? What other classic PC games do we do we all enjoy? Because we all enjoy classic PC games on this podcast, but we're all kind of from different eras. As, as dumb as that sounds, we're all around the same age. But that getting into gaming can happen anytime. So we're all kind of in in different eras when it comes to uh, when we got a computer, what games we had for that computer, and things like that. So I figured let's let's get into this and see what what games everybody was interested in back in the day. And I'm talking, so I say classic PC games. Honestly, for me, it's like Windows 98 and before, but for some people, it may be XP and Prisco. So we're, we're going to, I'm going to cut it off at XP. I think that's a good, a good spot. Uh, I don't know that any of us will actually get to that state, but we'll, we'll just cut it off there. Mm-hmm. Um, Jen, I know you got your, I think you and I both got our start with gaming on a computer, so I'd like to hear what you what you're one. I think we're gonna do a round table here. Like each of us has about three or four, so what we'll go around mm-hmm. that way. On Jen, we'll have Jen start. Okay. Um. So I brought this game up so many times on this podcast. Um. That you know you're probably tired of hearing me talk about it, but I'm gonna talk about it anyway because this is one of the most like, when I think about classic computer games, for me, as, as you said, Tom, like, I grew up playing games on the computer. Um, so this game is, like, it defines my childhood of computer gaming. Um, 
which sounds a little weird when I say childhood, but anyway, it's missed. <laughs> um, so yeah, like I said, I talk about it probably every other podcast. It came out in the early nineties. Um, if you haven't heard of it yet, it is a first person game where you have a magical book that helps you travel in between mysterious and deserted worlds where you are the only one there. Um, there are puzzles and pieces of paper you can collect. Um, this gets a little weird to explain. There are two brothers that are trapped inside these books, um, and you have to collect pages, and you could collect as many pages as they need to be set free, or you could just let them stay in the books. Um, I love this game for so many reasons. Uh, the music and the sound effects are really spooky and mysterious, like borderline alien-like at times. Um, the graphics, to me, are always going to be beautiful. Obviously, they're dated now, but very unique uh, world building that the developers did. Um, some of my favorite, some of my favorite places to go and mist were the, um, the city of Tweed, the tree dwellers where everything is up lofted in the trees and they have like the huts up there and the plank bridges and that stuff is so cool. And like the ship that crashed, crashed on an Island during the storm. Like there's just so many cool places to explore. Um, and I believe I mentioned this when we were talking about spooky and scary games around Halloween, because there's always this feeling that there's going to be somebody when you turn the corner. Because all of these worlds were like, they have that just abandoned vibe to them. where like some, Something terrible just happened. Right. It's it's really creepy in a great way. Um, so that's, that's one of the things that really I remember drawing me in. Like I was playing this and I'm like, where is everybody? I don't understand this. And like when I was a kid, I didn't really understand all of it. But then every time I started playing it again, I would learn a little bit more from it. Um, but yeah, the, the puzzles, puzzles are something I really enjoy in games. So this is just a perfect combination of fantasy, creepiness and puzzles for me. Um, now and, real yeah. quick, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, you're good. If I'm wrong. This was one of those first FMV games, right? There, the, where like you'd find something and it would play a video. I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And if, if, you know, you look at it now, it's, it's so dated, <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, this this probably was one of the first FMB games. But I mean, this game is literally available anywhere at this point. So if I'm anyone pretty sure, I'm pretty sure it's on Steam and yeah. GOG. Yep. It's literally everywhere. So I, I always recommend this game. I may eventually play it on stream. Um it's just it's such a cool game. It's it's so unique. And there's you know, there's other ones aside from Mist, but Mist is the OG for me. Yeah. So so of the two brothers, does one of them tell the truth and the other one lies? Yes. Well, okay. I, well they're both shady as hell, but yeah. <laughs> one of them, one of them is a uh, way more um, refined and like calm, and the other one's like totally unhinged. And you're like, who should I trust? It's pretty cool. And you start um, like when you travel to the different worlds, you get a vibe like they have their rooms wherever you go. Yeah. So you get a vibe for the brothers, like who they actually are. One of them has these crazy like skulls in his room and like crazy weapons. And the other one has like riches and is luxurious. So it's it's a very cool game. There's layers to it. You can either blow through it or you can like really in- involve yourself in the story, which I like. So, yeah, awesome. that was mine. Yeah, uh, highly recommended to go out and give that a try. It's super cheap also. So mm-hmm. just do it. All right, Mark, what, what do you got? All right, so I'll do the first one to kind of... I'll do the more, uh, well, I guess Miss is very popular, but um, the first game that we ever got for our PC um, was uh, one of those, uh, I I don't know if this was particularly freeware, shareware, but the first game I ever really played on my computer was uh, Wolfenstein 3D. 
choice. Yeah. The as we were joking about, I think it was on the Monday stream or maybe Thursday or something. No, Wednesday stream. God, this week is blended together. <laughs> um, where I this is the game that taught me German for the first time, and I still um, I'm I might be completely butchering it, but in my head, um, every so often I still walk around and go Mein Leben. Yeah, just in my head, just randomly. Which, which, if you think about, is awful. (laughs) That's literally someone yelling, my life. (laughs) Yeah. My life. Yeah, it just pops in my head all the time. And also, we thought it was cool to say shite Mm -hmm. and get away with it. Um, Or at least we thought we were getting away with it. But, yeah, it was, I actually used mouse and keyboard for this. Well, I don't think you could play with a controller, but... um, (laughs) Yeah, if you had a, you had a it, game pack. Yeah, oh yeah, but uh, you know, it was it was fun. Um, I uh, did get the Mecha Hitler a few times. Um, and which, by the way, the new Wolfenstein games better end with Mecha Hitler if they haven't already introduced him. Um, I don't but, think Hitler's in the new one. At least the, he wasn't in the first one. I think he's in the end of the second one, but I don't know if he's Mecha Hitler. The, <laughs> the first a Mega Hitler. <laughs> The first re- remake Wolfenstein was Death's Head, so I don't know who the second. I, I haven't gotten to the end of the. Oh second. well, the second one. Do you, do you want? I, I don't know complete spoilers, but do you want any spoilers? No, because I've somehow managed to avoid them for ten okay. years or however long the game. So no. I apologize if I did spoil that one part for you. No, but um, yeah, the uh, yeah. So Wolfenstein 3D was uh, one of the first games I played, which led into. Other games, which I'll bring up at the end if they aren't brought up on here, um, that, oddly enough, with all the games I play um, on the PC now, that my first ones were first-person shooters um, using mouse and keyboard. Look at that. Um, Almost sounds like you should try it on Wednesdays. No, I'm not any good anymore. (laughs) Um, I tried. But, yeah, I think it's because uh, these games didn't involve a reticle and aiming. Mm -hmm. It was just basically keyboard. Yeah, um, not even mouse. You didn't technically need the mouse. Yeah. You could do so, whatever. Oh, keyboard. So that might be why I, I was able to do it. But yeah, so definitely, uh, and you know you're in a certain generation when you can reminisce about Wolfenstein 3D, uh, the PC version and not whatever they put out on the consoles that wasn't anywhere near what the PC was. Yeah. I mean, they put that out on, I feel like they put it on Super Nintendo. Yeah. I don't think the Genesis could do three any type of 3D, so I don't think it was that on there. But and, and for some of you out there, Bible Adventure, same yes, thing. Yes, Bible <laughs> Adventure, yes. All right. I guess we'll go to me. Uh, uh, no surprise. Go again, Tom. I mean, Jen. Jen probably has like ten over there. <laughs> I narrowed it down to three with the possibility of a fourth, just in case. But maybe I have ten. You never know. <laughs> I could have ten, but I also narrowed it down to three with a possible. So. Uh, no surprise for me, the first PC game that I would recommend if you are a racing game fan and want to see where it all kind of started for 3D racing games is The Need for Speed, the original The Need for Speed um, for DOS and or Windows 95. Actually, the first version I had is The Need for Speed SE, which has a whole bunch of extra stuff. And that's probably the version to get if you're going to get it. Um it was the first like driving simulator that was three dimensional and had cop chases and all kinds of stuff. 
they they did put this game out for the 3DO also, but it's not the same game. If that makes sense, that it's actually like a totally different uh, different version of the game. As dumb as that is, I don't know why they did that, but the Need for Speed SE allowed you to drive on somewhat realistic roads and drive real supercars at as fast as you want and get chased by the cops while you're doing it. And it it, it kind of launched that type of video game for forever. And that that was one of my first PC games that I purchased and still have to this day. I'm glad I never got rid of it. It's one of those games that I always wanted to have. So I'm glad I, I still have it today and have computers that I can still play on. All right, Jen, number two for you. So my number two... And I should have mentioned this before. Most of my computer games that I grew up playing were because of my uncle and my aunt. I, when we would go over their house, they my uncle built computers for, for his job, among other things, with technology. So they always had a ton of computers. He was very into computer gaming. So most of these things I've played thanks to him. Um, so my second game, Miss was also on his computer. My second game was on his computer as well. This is how I found Tomb Raider 1. I'm sure a lot of people would think of this game when they think of classic PC games. Um, But this is always going to be one of my favorite ones. Um, One of my favorite things to do, as I'm sure a lot of people did, is run around the mansion and try to do all the puzzles. Um, Her butler creeped me out so much (laughs) that I would try to lock him behind doors so he didn't follow me. (laughs) That's where my fear of being chased Started, the I think. butler and Tomb Raider. <laughs> the Got butler it. and Tomb Raider. So, so Jen, I'm just going to let you in on a little secret. Uh, uh-huh. You playing Tomb Raider and a guy playing Tomb Raider back then was a very different experience. Oh, I- I'm sure it was. <laughs> because the guys were trying to figure out how to get her naked the whole time when she was mm-hmm. inside the mansion. Anna, while you were doing the puzzles. <laughs> oh, I was the, nope. the innocent one going, I wonder how I could get here. <laughs> no, never found a nude code, ever. Nope. Well, it's because it didn't exist. People, <laughs> it was no. It, it's a it. They've debunked it on numerous occasions. Game trailers back in the day. I mean, I mean, it's not in the game. It doesn't mean. Well, people did patches and stuff to make it happen, <laughs> but it's not. It's never. It's not a code in the game. Well, I certainly didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I was too worried about the butler trying to kill me. Um, <laughs> but. As I was a kid, I was not great at the game, and I used to get killed by the wolves and the bear from, like, the first stage all the time. Um, But I still love playing the game. Um, The music was cool. This was probably one of my first shooters that I ever played. Um, It was very unique to me back then because we, my parents never got us consoles or anything, so I never really had played games, like I said, until I started playing games at my aunt and uncle's house on their computer. Um, And I remember... This is the part where I differ from the guys, I guess. I idolized Laura Croft where I wanted to be her, <laughs> not, you know, other things to her. Um, I always thought it was awesome because I had long hair and a braid like she did. So I'm like, oh, I could be Laura Croft one day. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just loved everything in the game. Again, puzzles in this game were really exciting to me and challenging. Um, and I was so excited when they came out with the anniversary edition for Tomb Raider. Because I got it, of course, and I got to play through the game, and obviously with better graphics, and I spent so much time in the mansion, and I beat it. And I still tried to lock the butler in doors, behind doors, because <laughs> it still freaked me out. He'll come behind you and be like, ur, ur, and like, get away from me. So yeah, that's <laughs> Tomb Raider 1. That's great. <laughs> yep. All right, Mark, what do you got? Yeah, so um, my number two is um, 
which is it, it can be I don't know exactly how to describe it. Um, it's going to be unique, and most people probably have never heard of it. Um, there was this uh, football game. Um, I think it's like mid nineties, um, where you like it, it was like that NFL head coach game where you called the plays and you watched it happen. Um, okay. Didn't control anything, but I played that game obsessively for hours because you could you could create team names. And you could create players like before before it was even a Madden, you know, and just going through. And even back then, my little references side, um, I would name them after, you know, people's names that I heard on the news and stuff like that. Or, you know, stuff, you know, just going, oh, isn't funny. This is, uh, you know, this person, um, you know, going there and came up with one of the dumbest names that I ever created for a team. You know, because I was nine when when this came out. Great. Um, I named the I named the team the uh, the main crabs. Main crabs. Which I didn't find out later that lobster would have been a better name because of what Maine actually exports. That's funny. Um, <laughs> because they don't really do crabs. Um, was, they, it, was it TV sports football, Mark? No, it was like ultimate football something. It was really weird. Um, yeah, I, I still had the disc actually, um, at home, but obviously I need like DOS box and stuff to be able to play it. Um, need a classic PC. Yeah. Who said that? The voice from beyond. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but it was like real dumb. Um, it was, it, it, I just played it because we all did when we were younger, you know, you only had a handful of PC games and you played a whole lot and, I didn't, I would, and still with consoles, I still wouldn't get a whole lot of games. So, you know, if I wanted to play football, this was the football game I had because I didn't have Madden. Um, you know, I think, I think I might have just had one Madden up until PlayStation when I could start buying games on my own. Um, you know, most of my sports games was NHL, uh, on the Genesis. Uh, so yeah, this game, it filled that niche. I think one year I actually, my uh, my dad uh, ran the first ever fantasy football league I ever saw in 1994, five, something like that. Um, and I actually took the uh, uh, because he was a commissioner. So back then he had to go into the newspaper mm-hmm. and get the points. And you didn't find out your points until Monday um, when the newspaper came out from Sunday's games. Um yeah, kids out there. It wasn't <laughs> automatic. Imagine um, living like that. So I knew all the rosters or had all the rosters. Um, so I put them in the game and was playing them on there. That's cool. Every week. So, um, yeah. Yeah. It, it was. It, it's interesting. There's a whole bunch of games. There's probably a, a bunch that are like it. Mine was probably just a cheap one that was in, like, some dollar rack at, like, the Radio Shack or something. Um Kids, Radio Shack was a store <laughs> that used to have a whole bunch of electronic equipment that was severely overpriced. Um, except for every so often, they'd have like cheap video games in a bin um, that you could find really dumb games that were terrible. Um, I don't like I really Roblox miss, games today. <laughs> I, I really miss Radio Shack because yeah. you cannot. There's nowhere that you can find like electronics, like parts, like yeah. diodes and connectors and things like that you can't find that stuff in any other store and i really miss radio shack for that and they went out of business because they overpriced everything well that's that's (laughs) that's the way things go (laughs) 
Can't, can't be brick and mortar and overpriced. Yeah, um, you're going to so, die otherwise. Yeah, yeah. So, so that was my game. Like I said, th- we'll make this an encompassing any of those simulation sports games of like the early 90s to mid 90s before like Madden and stuff just became uh, everything that there was in sports. Like all the EA sports games and 2K games and stuff. There was like this little niche of of games that gave you a little more freedom um, on on the computer, and and that's one of the ones I I look back on. Awesome, yeah, yeah. Sports games before you know Sega took over were were a lot different. So, yeah. all right, uh, my second game. Uh, I can't tell you how many hours I sunk in, and I'm I hope I'm not the only one. And that's Roller Coaster Tycoon. Oh my God, how could I forget about this again? <laughs> <laughs> So I wasn't a huge roller coaster fan when I was a kid. I was I was afraid of everything. <laughs> but the fact that I could build them and put them anywhere in a game, that was awesome. Like uh I liked SimCity when I was a kid and this was just like way more up my alley. I don't know why. I don't know what it is as a kid that like theme parks just draw you in, but the fact that you could build your own roller coasters and, you know, have have people tell you how good good they are inside the game and just changing them and doing all kinds of stuff that that you, you know, you would always you would want to do in real life inside of a game uh, was awesome. And it it wasn't just building the roller coasters. It was the um, the management aspect, too, because you had to, like, have employees and pay them. And charge money to get in the parks, and Clean it was just a week. yeah, it was just a really cool business simulator, and I I think it could be used, you know, and I I feel like the newer ones kind of lost their way. I feel like Roller Coaster Tycoon One and Two were were incredible for for the PC. Mm-hmm. Also, these so so far minus Mark's pick, I think you can still play all these games on GOG or Steam. But I know Roller Coaster Tycoon you can play still, so yeah. I would recommend picking that up. Uh, Jen, I know you, you had a reaction. Uh, did you sink a lot of time into this game, too? Oh, yeah. My brother and I used to play. So when we finally got a family computer, this was, like, the only game that we owned for a while. Mm-hmm. Because my mom was very, like, one of those moms that thought video games equals violence. So I want to minimize that as much as possible. So Roller Coaster Tycoon was a safe one. So I think one of us got it for Christmas and like we we played the crap out of that game. Like my brother has always been very um, creative and he actually wanted to become an architect. So he was, he's always been into those kinds of games as well, like building things and, and having it make sense structurally. And then, I mean, you could get into um, I can't think of the word for it, but like if the roller coaster had too many hills in it or something like it might not finish it all the way to the end or if it didn't have enough hills before a loop. Wasn't it like that where where you could build a roller coaster that wasn't functioning properly? Yeah, because it yeah, wasn't so designed you, correctly. Right. So you you could build a roller coaster and then test it and find out it doesn't work, and then you have right. to fix it. And you have to go. There's a lot of trial and error if you don't understand how a roller coaster works. Uh, but yeah, it takes real world physics into it. Physics. Uh, engineering. Yeah. <laughs> My brother loved this game too. He became and he went to school for architecture. So. Wow, look at that. It's uh, it's pretty cool how a game can be a game and still be very educational. Yeah. Yeah. This, this, the, the roller coaster tycoon games are great. 
I uh, I can't believe I forgot to mention that. And that that we'll say that's my fourth, but I have another one, so I have five then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, go ahead and get on with the third one. So the third one is such a simple game, but it will always hold a special place in my heart. And it, this was again another game that my brother and I bonded over playing. It was just so. It's not the kind of game you think that I'd be into, but I don't know why I was. Um, maybe for the nostalgia, like it gets better as I think about it. Um, but that's Hover. And I, I think the last time I brought this up, you guys didn't know what game that was, right? Hover? Yeah. Yes, but I have since looked it up and know exactly what you're talking about. Okay. So it was, um, I believe it was free with Windows 95. Um, the best way to explain it is that it's a first person bumper car style game of Capture the Flag. Um, so you went up against the computer and you tried to collect power-ups and flags before the computer found all of theirs. Um, the sound effects in this game are so nostalgic for me, like I said, and so very 90s and Windows 95. And if you don't know what that means, just look it up on YouTube and watch a game or video of gameplay and you'll hear it like a brrrr, like blah, 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 blah. Like the weird noises are in this game. <laughs> it's so great. It's so It's so retro. It's great. Um, but this is another game I would spend forever playing this at my aunt and uncle's house. And I mean, I had a really hard time with it because the, they were more like little spaceships, but you could, they, they drifted a lot or glided a lot. So going up this like ramp of stairs, I remember was like, I hated it because you would start gliding off the edge of the stairs. If you went too fast, you could fly off the edge. So it was, it was difficult to me, at least as a, as a kid, but um, yeah, this game was this game was a lot of fun, and every time that someone brings up PC games, like classic PC games, I always wind up thinking of Hover. I believe you can play it. I think it's like on a browser somewhere. You can play it for free. Um, but it's, think, it's a throwback for sure. I think archive.org you can play it. Yeah, yeah. God bless archive.org. <laughs> Seriously. Mark. Hey. Yeah. So um, my third game. Um, is uh, we're going to say it's a split game because I don't know which one of them I played more or if they're they're kind of essentially the same game but um we'll do the split it was uh Age of the Empires 2 and the game Empire Earth which I think was just like a knockoff spin-off whatever <laughs> of Age of the Empires 2 but my friends had Age of the Empires 2 and I would play at their house um with that um, and it was the first game we learned how to play over the internet um, with each other. Um, you know, so that that was always fun. Because I'm playing you and you're at your house. I'm in my house. What's going on? So cool. So cool. But uh, my mom, you know, God bless our parents who don't really are in the video games, um, got me Empire Earth because it probably said something like from the makers of Age of the Empires or something like that Aww. on it. Um <laughs> So it was essentially the same game, just a little bit different. Um, obviously, it couldn't be the exact same game because they get sued. But, <laughs> you know, um, I think I've played Age of the Empires 2 more recently than Empire Earth because I can't really find it anywhere. Um, I think it might be on GOG, maybe, but it I, yeah, I don't know. Empire I don't really Earth think. is on GOG. Yeah, I was like, I, I remember looking at it and not really wanting to buy it. But Age of the Empires 2 just pops up on Super Sale all the time. Um, looks like so, It looks like Age of Empires is on Steam. And they, yeah, they I have Age of a... Empires 2 HD. So, okay. Yeah, I was yeah. Like, Age of Empires still has its own website, so that's a good good thing. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, 
it goes on super sale a lot on the Steam sales, like for like a dollar ninety nine. Yeah. Um, sometimes uh, the older games. So especially three, because no one likes three. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I went back. I was like, three couldn't be that bad. And then I went back. I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> they they took some of the you know quality of life stuff out of it for some reason and tried to make it more complicated. Um, I had a um, just go a slight tangent here. I was playing, I think it's AG Empires 2 HD, I was playing, or 3, one of them. I ended up having a stalemate because I had made a friend um, with one of the other groups there, and we were allies. But for some reason, it would never help me in battle. Rude. And me and the other person, there's only three of us left on the map, were so evenly matched that I would go in and get halfway through and destroyed, then his stuff would build up and push me back. And I'm like, if I just had the ally... Was it Greece by any chance? They're like hands off, but don't no, come onto no, our land. No, no, it's weird. That's so weird. Like, yeah, it was they, Gandhi, wasn't it? No, Gandhi would have blew everybody up. Yeah, Gandhi would have blew me up. <laughs> but it was just so weird. It's like I kept calling them, like, help me. And mm-hmm. nobody, I think one time they sent like one ship over. Uh, and They're like, here, I'm go like, away now. I was like, did, did I like partner with the wrong group here? That just sounds like anyway. a glitch. You know, yeah. rant over with that, you That's know, funny. tangent. Um, but yeah. I love those games. It's probably why I pick up games like Anno, and I'm like, ah, you know, this looks like just a little bit more upscale thing, and then fail at them. Um, because they're they're a good mix of city building and, you know, action, um, which is, you know, two of the things I love, strategy action and all that. Um, Straction. Yeah, traction. Um <laughs> But yeah, that's why I picked Dude Empires 2, because I didn't really get into the Civ games until until 5, and that wouldn't count in this category. Um, and so definitely this was my first start on that road to doing that. Cool. All right. All right. My Bye. third game, uh, it's going to be obvious. It's going to be an obvious one. It's Doom. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doom is the, the... I mean, we talked about... Um, Wolfenstein, but I feel like Doom is like the daddy of all FPSs. Yeah, yeah. Do- Doom is the one. I think it's like literally the daddy. Yeah, yeah. Well, Wolfenstein was first, but um, Doom is the one that that got into the culture. Yeah, yeah. Doom was kind of a zeitgeist. Um, if you haven't seen um, the high score uh, documentary on Netflix, they go and they talk about how doom was created and it's a pretty interesting story from john carmack and and all those guys um i recommend you checking that out but doom was one of those games that everybody had because it was something called shareware now this is pre napster and pre kazaa and all this other stuff where you would download games that were would kill your computer uh shareware you would get part of the game it was kind of like a demo you'd get part of the game and you would have to physically call uh id software and be like hey guys i really want doom uh here's my credit card number and then then they would send you a registered copy this does not happen anymore Mm -hmm. to say the least this stopped in probably the late 90s but everybody had the first two episodes of doom i forget what what, i forget what what the names of them are but um i think one's knee deep in the dead and i forget what the other one but anyway Anyway, like I had the Doom Bible, like there was there were all kinds of stuff you could get for Doom about Doom, and 
you the best part about it was that you didn't need like the best computer to run it like a a standard a box standard computer that could run dos could run doom and it looked awesome you were killing uh you know demons from another from another realm on your you know your dad's work computer <laughs> <laughs> pretty <laughs> badass it was awesome and there were and it was one of those things where Doom eventually became one of those games that you could mod the crap out of and create levels for it and stuff. And people on like BBSs would load all kinds of different levels that you could load into your game and play Deathmatch. Again, and Deathmatch came from Doom. Doom is the first game to have Deathmatch mode. And mm. you all you COD players can thank Doom for, for being able to have, play a Deathmatch. That's what I was thinking of when or, I said the daddy of, of shooters. They were, yeah. Deathmatch. Yeah. Or or Quake that made it popular. Hmm. Yeah. Doom and Quake for sure yeah. got the multiplayer ball rolling. Did you have the uh the third of, of the of the three headed monster of those shareware id time frame um thing? Did what Duke Nukem? No, no. Did you also own Heretic? I did not own Heretic. Okay. Um, Heretic. Yeah. That game. I, I, there's a reason why many people don't remember it, <laughs> you know, <laughs> as much as the other two in that time, that se- that time frame series that came out. Um, but yeah, so the best part about Doom is the joke that you could play Doom on a toaster. Well, yeah, you could play, you could play Doom on a calculator. Yeah. Like a, like a, a TI-83, you could play Doom on it. Yeah. 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 Which is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing. Um, yeah, and and just think that it's you know a, a a shooter that you don't aim in. Well, yeah, I mean all those early um, FPSs, they didn't have, really have the ability to aim up and down, so it was hit scan. So if you were in line with the enemy, it would automatically hit them if you were in line. Yeah. Uh, so I like Wolfenstein didn't have different levels, but Doom did, and so did. Duke Nukem and Quake and everything else. But Doom was the first game to really have different uh, height heights for your enemy, which was an interesting thing. Yeah. Um, yep, and then it, it all was great, and then Daikatana came out, and then that was the end. <laughs> oh, Daikatana. We could have a whole episode just on Daikatana, but uh, that's that's the that's, that's story for another day. Uh, Jen, do you want to mention real quick what your fourth game was? My fourth game was something that I mentioned on stream, if anyone is listening, who is available on stream, and that was Barbie Riding Club. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. That was my fourth. If I really, like we said before, we could really come up with a list, but we had to cut it somewhere, you know? Yeah. Yeah, my fourth was StarCraft. Nice. Yeah. Because I I wanted to, you know, be good at StarCraft, and I just never was. (laughs) I just ended up playing uh, custom games instead. Which was the best you, thing ever. You didn't get good? I did not get good. Uh, if you have ever seen like a professional StarCraft player mm-hmm. where they do like a hundred like moves per minute, I did about two. <laughs> so Yeah, and you also didn't play somebody in in StarCraft who looked up YouTube videos on how to rush you and beat oh, you. Oh, I, I got Zerg rushed all the time. I or either Zerg rush or Photon Cannon rushed. Yeah, somebody that might live in this house may have Photon Cannon Rushed Me <laughs> on video. <laughs> uh, 
Not there surprising. is video evidence yeah. of that somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So mine is the um I will use the specific example is the game that started it all for me, but it, my obsession with trying to play FMV games on um PC, there was this weird like I don't know if they came with the computer or my or my dad used to like um bargain bin in electronic stores. I don't know. I wasn't old enough and um you know, have never had that conversation with him. But uh he had this murder mystery game um on there that was like sort of a crude example and I have it I literally had the link saved from the archive.org or wherever you can download like I think it's archive.org, right? Old. Either archive.org or myabandonware.com. Yeah, so I literally have the link saved in my bookmarks to go download it, and I never do um, because I, I I I don't want to. But I did find it, like the literal murder mystery game. It's it's like a sequel to it, whatever. But yeah, it was like just one of those games that was in the pack of games that I had. And Sounds like Seventh Guest or something. No, it was literally called Murder Mystery something. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It like it was like seemed like a series. Um I think I think the think either the killer was or the or the person was a magician. I forget. Um I could probably tell it on stream on Saturday when I'm when I'm, you know, in front of in front of my computer. But um yeah, so that had, it was it was essentially a crude nine, not crude because it's probably well produced for the time. Um, 90s version of like her story in that you would actually go interview the um, the suspects right. while gathering clues and stuff. But it was like all pre-taped footage, you know. So you click a like click a button and it would like play a video essentially answering that question. And you had a time limit uh, from what I remember, and also you only. You only could ask certain people, like interview them or ask them questions a certain amount of time before you would be locked out of being able to accuse them of being the killer or something. So, Interesting. yeah, um, I never really solved it. I probably could do it easily now. I'm not sure. Um, it feels like one of those games that you kind of figure it out, you know. Um, sounds like you need to play this game on stream more. Yeah, if I can figure mm-hmm. out how to do it. But um, <laughs> it, it feels like one of those games that, like, because I played it multiple times and still never got it, but it feels like one of those games you play through it once and fail and go, ah, <laughs> I get the trick and can kind of go through it. Um, because some of those games were not that complicated in the, in the nineties. Yeah. Um, there, but, um, it's, I don't really want to subject you to this because the FMV game I'm thinking of playing either on Sundays or another time is actually pretty fun and, and well-made. So, um, but this, this game started my obsession um, with at least thinking about playing games like that to come out or actually playing them. Um, so yeah, yeah. FMV games. Look, look for that on the channel soon. Um, I can't wait. I can't wait to watch you play weird FMV games. <laughs> yeah, One of them I've already played and beaten. I'm playing it more for you guys. Um, the audience out there. Um, so cool. We'll, we'll look forward to that. And I think that's going to wrap up our discussion on classic PC games, which is going to lead us into Retro Roulette. Yeah. Where we are going to talk about Diddy Kong Racing for the N64, uh, also known as the game that's not Mario Kart. Yep. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, 
if you watched our stream um, a couple Mondays ago, you got to see me be incredibly upset about trying to play this game. Yeah. Uh, Mark, do you want to get us started on yeah. this? Yeah, so uh, I played through it. I don't really know what the upsetment was. I played through those first levels, and then I went around the back and found the snow levels and were able to play them. Um, I, I don't know. It wasn't that. No, um, <laughs> I... I I get the frustration uh, Tom was going through. Um, yeah, basically my enjoyment of the game came from I watched somebody play it on a stream or a YouTube video, saw that second area to go to, and was infinitely more you know into it than I'm um, assuming Tom was by the end of the stream, um, because you know you don't have to go collect the coins then. Which even the guy on stream, who him and his friends loved the game, um, said, yeah, the coin thing is bullshit. Um, <laughs> I'm glad they said it was bullshit. Yeah. But, I'm glad uh, we figured that out after the fact. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I uh, accidentally found the key, and I think it's the first or second level um, that that one boss asked you about. Right. Um, and it, I, I don't know if it's because of where I started, but it's like right near the start. Really? Um, and it's sort of blocked by a rock if you're in a certain part, and, and you can see it. It's it's one of the first two levels. I forget. It's literally you got to go off course, and then you sort of shoot back on off a ramp. Just um, but the key is over there. Um, but yeah, it's 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 the best I can say about it is it's competent um, as a kart racer. <laughs> that's that's the best thing we can say about it. <laughs> well, I'm getting to. Um, I'm kidding. I think the main thing it does well is it's the first time that they someone tried to really introduce other vehicles um, than just a kart racer. You know, the hovercraft is bullshit, um, which I find amazing that I think it's the second or third boss battle. You have to do it by hovercraft, and I don't know how people beat it on the first try. Um, and, you know, the, the characters, you know, not being traditionally known characters is interesting. You know, um, they have stats that make no sense. I looked them up for Tom and anything. He was like, well, this guy's got to have this. Right. And I looked, I'm like, nope, that that person is not fast. And that makes no sense. Um, my favorite part is just like with all Nintendo things, Diddy Kong is the Mario of this game in that he is mediocre across the board. All threes out of five in every category. So he's the starter character. Uh, you were probably playing the best for top speed with Banjo, but a couple others are a better mix depending on your play style. But, um, yeah. Yeah, would I play it over Mario Kart 64? Probably not, because I have more history with Mario Kart 64. But it's not like it's broken. It's not Crash Team Racing or anything. Yeah. All right. Jen, what do you think? So watching you who you're definitely better at um, racing games than me. I thought I was going to hate the living shit out of this game. Um, and I'm really bad at Mario Kart too, so I had really low expectations for myself. Um, but I actually was surprised that I was better than I expected I was going to be in this game. I actually beat the first race on the first try. Um, from watching you, though, when you figured out that you have to drift very uh, strategically in this game, that helped me. Because I watched you, so I'm pretty sure I wouldn't have been as good right off the bat if I didn't watch your stream, Tom. Um, <laughs> but yeah, drifting, and not just drifting, like, you almost have to tap the analog stick 
not hold it down when you drift sometimes because the turns are so tight or you can go flying off into the sand or into the water mm-hmm. or wherever you wind up going, um, which slows you down or totally ruins the whole entire game for you for yourself. Um, so drifting is definitely something that I, I knew that I had to do pretty early on. Um, I mean, there, there are some power-ups, which I found annoying, that are placed right before the road kind of turns really sharply. It's kind of like a trap on some of those levels. Um, I mean, the game is, is kind of, I found that it was kind of all over the place. Like I, I didn't feel like any of the AI were any better than me. It was kind of just, if I took the lead early on, unless I really messed up, I probably was going to win. Like I didn't feel like it was overly competitive with the AI. Um, but that being said, it's really easy to go off track, um, and get stuck and then be in like permanent eighth place for the rest of the, for the rest of the game or like seventh. Um, I did notice, so I got through the first three levels of the game, and then there there is no level four, right? Like, there's no door that says four. It's no. one, two, three, five. Yeah. Because yes. I drove around in the circle, I'm like, I'm not missing this door. And then I realized you just have to collect four balloons. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I got to beat another level. So I went back into a level I already beat, and for some reason at that point, every time I would hit a power-up, like the, the speed boost, it would fling my car off the track. Like... Mm-hmm. I don't know what the heck was happening. My car would go flying off the bridge or like flying off the track into the sand. And I had done this race already and I knew that that didn't happen. And then the last game that I played before I gave up, it flung my car sideways and the back tire got stuck in the ground. And I was just sitting there with my back tire in the ground and all my wheels are driving. And I'm like, what the fuck? So like, you know what? Whatever. I don't have to keep playing this because at the end of the day, it's just a kart racing game and it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, you, you have to go get the balloon in the overworld to yeah. get to the next race. Oh, gotcha. So it wouldn't have mattered, me being yeah. in that race anyway. No. No. But yeah, you have, yeah, yeah, you have to go talk to the giant purple, the purple elephant, elephant yeah. thing. Oh, the genie. Genie, yeah. Gotcha. And he uh, gives you, you can switch to a plane and you can go get, uh, Tom did it on stream. Gotcha. To go get that balloon. Gotcha. Well, yeah, so that was my experience with it. Um, It was was not easy, but it was easier than I expected knowing how bad I am at Mario Kart and also like seeing how difficult that one level is. Um, but it wasn't it wasn't as bad as I expected. I, I probably should uh, should uh, expect have lower expectations for games going forward. So I'll be more impressed with them. <laughs> <laughs> I so I had always heard that Diddy Kong Racing was as good or some people I've heard have said it was better than Mario and I wholeheartedly disagree with it. Maybe on a multiplayer level, but I didn't play multiplayer. I played single player. And there is just so many things that don't work well in this game. Like, you can't reset your cart. So if you go off the track, you're kind of screwed. Unless there's a way to do it, and I just am not seeing I didn't see it, or didn't, or somebody didn't explain it to me, which is possible. But that was my first annoyance, is that you couldn't reset yourself after driving into the water and you just couldn't get out. Like in Mario Kart, if you drive into the water, you automatically get picked up and put back on the track, which makes sense because you can't drive in the water. If you're using a hovercraft, you can, but if you're using a cart, you cannot. Um, I'm trying to think of what else was annoying. Uh, the the boss battle was bullshit, total bullshit. And you didn't even have to you didn't have to fight the uh, uh, what is it the octopus or uh, it was the dinosaur. Well, you had the dinosaur. Trying to think, what was the other boss I got to? Um, oh, it's a it's a seal. 
or some in the ice world. It's either a seal or a penguin um, that you race as well. Um, those are the other two I got to was either seal or penguin and a uh, and an octopus, and they were both bullshit as well. Um, but one was slightly easier if you got ahead of him. Um, he would never catch up, but getting ahead of him was the problem. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was an interesting concept to have a boss battle, but you know, it kind of failed a little bit. Yeah. I mean, the boss battles in theory are cool, but in, in trying to get them to work, it just was so annoying. Like the first boss battle should not be that difficult. I, it must've taken me, how many times do you think Mark? Like 15 times to beat that stupid thing? Yeah. Just yeah. for the mere just for the mere fact that you don't get in front of the the boss like immediately, you're screwed. You cannot you're you're not getting past them again. Because if you get close to them, they'll trample you and flatten you and then you can't get close. So uh, it was a it was a thing. Yep. Oh overall the game started out good. Yeah. I was enjoying it. And then it got super frustrating really fast and it was just like, How could a kid play this? <laughs> Just also like you, there's no, again, this is a, a game of its time where you don't know where anything is. Right. So if you don't have a guide or the manual, actually the manual didn't even help. I had the manual. It didn't help me at all. <laughs> but like, there's just no, like, there's no way to like figure out where you're supposed to go next. Yeah. Like there's no character telling you, oh, you should go here. Or like usually games will at least give you a hint, but this one not so much. Like Mark had to watch somebody else play the game in order to figure out where he had to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I noticed that the third level. Um, if you had never played that that map yet, like me, when you when you go to accelerate forward, if you time it at the right time, you know how it forces you forward really fast. Yeah. The track instantly cuts to the left. So obviously, the first thing I did was fly off the track into. I don't know if it was water. I think it was water. That's right there. So I'm like, well, I'm not winning this one. <laughs> Stuff like that. I think you have to you have to play this game so many times to wind up memorizing the tracks also and figure yeah. out like which speed boosts are smart to hit and which are going to force you into a wall around a blind turn, which there are plenty of those. So it's it's an experience playing this game for sure. Definitely. Um, all right. I guess let's get to let's scores. Let's. Uh... <laughs> unfortunately tell people how much we enjoyed this uh jen would you what do you give this for a score i gave it a 2.5 because i didn't wind up hating it as much as i thought i would and it's not the worst game i've ever played it's manageable um it is what it is it's a kart racing game i would pick mario kart over this game any day even though I'm, i suck at it um i was annoyed that you have to finish first to progress but i think that's just how some of the racing games are and I'll just have to deal with it. But yeah, 2.5 out of 5 was my score. Okay. Mark? Yeah, just, to, just remember, Jen, second is the first loser. Yeah, if you're not so, first, you're last. Yes. <laughs> um, so I'll give it a 3 out of 5. Um, it, it's well made, you know, 6 out of 10. Um, you know, it's got, you know, characters are interesting. Um, I like that it's Conquer before he has a bad fur day. Um which is a really, really intriguing thing of, of video game history. Um, I, I could see myself having fun with it back in the day, but now seeing better versions of Mario Kart sort of kills this kind of racer. And also, um, if you haven't, go play the spiritual successor to this, which is uh, Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing, or Transformed, which is yeah. really good. Um, and 
probably is as close to being uh, taking a run at Mario Kart as any game has ever done. Um, so, yeah, that's it. The three out of five. Um, if, don't go back and play it. Just go play. Just go play the Sonic Racing. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm giving it a two out of five because just because I was not happy with it. Uh, I I feel like I would have enjoyed it more if I knew like if it gave me some sort of idea of where to go, but or what to do, but it just didn't didn't do that. <laughs> so, and there wasn't like the the like there was nothing spectacular with the music. Usually the music will at least you know pull it out a little bit for me, but no, that no, nothing made me want to ever play the game again. Yeah. So two out of five. Uh, all right. Well, I think it's time to spin the wheel. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Interesting game. Interesting. This one, I think we're going to have some some fun with. And it's Driver 2 for the PlayStation Ooh. 1. So Driver 2 is kind of infamous in that it's the first game that you can kind of get out of your car and steal cars in a three-dimensional space before Grand Theft Auto did it. So I think this should be interesting. It's not... It's not. Go ahead. I was say, is this like a deep impact to Grand Theft Auto's Armageddon? Yeah, kind of. Okay. I, I'd, I'd agree with that. Um, but yeah, I'd say this should be interesting because it's a driving game, but at the same time, you have you can get out of your car and do other things. And I would recommend at least play, I'd say start out with the just drive, take a drive mode and then try the story because you kind of got to get used to the way the cars drive. I know we're playing another driving game. This I'm <laughs> sorry. It's not a racing game, though, so it's different, I guess. That's okay. As long as, Jen, as long as you're okay, I I could spin it again if we really need oh, to. Oh, no, it's fine. Let fate, <laughs> let fate have its hand at things. Okay. I mean, this is just showing the, the, the ridiculousness of this wheel, because <laughs> I have hundreds of other games, but I feel like every every time we spin this dumb thing, it's a racing game <laughs> or, or a driving game of some sort. <laughs> but, uh, all right. I, I, I think it'll be interesting. So come watch us play or watch me play uh, tonight on our Twitch channel. Uh, and I think I think that's probably a good spot to to call it an evening. Uh, we'll get some plugs out of the way, and then we'll be on our way. Mark, do you want to give everybody our our information on all of our other family of podcasts? Yeah. So uh, Stranger Damies, our D and D podcast, airs um, every other Wednesday um, for episodes. Um, the in between weeks will be you know special content. Whether it's an interview breakdown of something that happened, you know, cool concept and just the, how I decided on doing it or how a, a character decided to uh, do something during a level up or whatever. Um, or email questions. Maybe we'll do that at some point. Uh, so just find that. We stream on twitch.tv slash gameballpod. Um, it'll probably be, I believe the 14th is a Sunday. That'll probably be the next game time. Possibly the seventh. Just keep an eye out on um, at Stranger Damies on Twitter um, for that. Um, one of our players is moving, so we don't know how set up they'll be by the seventh. Um, but the fourteenth will work fine. Um, so be sure at Stranger Damies Instagram and Twitter. Um, uh, listen to that, and I, I think the videos may end up on YouTube. Might not. Oh, I'm still working that out with Tom. 
Um, Thursdays are uh, They Call This a Movie. It's our movie podcast. Um, you can search for it um, by They Call This a Movie. We're on Spreaker as well as anywhere else you get your, your podcast. Um, Instagram and Twitter is at the main Damie. Um, so, uh, be sure to check that out. And our, um, maindamie.com is our website where if you like to listen to stuff on a browser, you can listen to all of our podcasts there. And, um, uh, you can also read some of the writing we have. Um, so it's a nice one-stop shop for everything we do here. And, uh, Jen, when, what's our stream schedule? It's like. Um, so as Mark mentioned and Tom mentioned, uh, tonight is our Retroulette stream. Uh, usually they start at 9 p.m., but we always try to give you a heads up on our Twitter account, which is just at GameBaltPod. Um, the following week will not be Retroulette. We trade off with uh, Tom's Retro Mondays. He is still continuing his playthrough of Suikoden. Uh, then Tuesdays are always a day off for us here. Uh, Wednesday, we do Warzone Wednesdays, where the three of us jump on Call of Duty Warzone have some fun times plundering it up uh thursdays is uh trails thursdays for now we're getting down to the finale of the game um possibly have another two streams left we're thinking um so stay tuned for what we're going to be playing after that but please feel free to join us for the finale of the game even if you haven't been there yet it's it's very interesting so i think you'll have fun hanging out with us in the chat and coming up with some story predictions as well um, then Fridays and Saturdays always alternate depending on when we record this podcast. So, um, Fridays and Saturdays are always, always dead by daylight with Mark and myself. And then Sundays is our grab bag day when we're not streaming D and D. Um, it could be any number of games that we decide. It used to be D and D or DBD, <laughs> but we decided we're going to start changing that up now. So just as a reminder, again, check us out on Twitter. If you ever want to know what we're playing and when we're going to go live, just so you're on top of that. Awesome. All right. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed our conversation this evening. Feel free to get in contact with us and let us know what you think. Uh, if you had any PC games that you thought of while we were talking that you want to you wanna let us know about or uh, discuss, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter. We'd be happy to engage. We'd like always like uh, extending the conversation. Um, uh, let's see. Oh, last but not least, we are an affiliate of Stone Age Gamer. Uh, if you have any need for retro or modern power supplies, cables, controllers, EverDrives, memory cards, anything, uh, feel free to go check that out. We have a link in our description uh, that anytime you use that and purchase something through it, it gives us a little kickback and helps us make these, these podcasts and streams and everything better. Uh, so we, we would greatly appreciate that. So uh, I, think, uh, I think that will do it for this evening. Uh, everybody stay safe out there be nice to each other and for Mark and Jenny I am Tom and we will catch you guys in the next one <laughs>